Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. My time here is over. You must go and search out Katana. It'll take the power of you both to destroy the shield. Will I ever see you again? Who knows, Highlander? Who knows? Go. So we cut away from there where he looks himself in the mirror as well. And and does that joke where he checks his head still on? But I mean, obviously, <laughs> yeah. obviously it is. Yeah, I mean, it should be under his arm, really, if we're going for that. Yeah, that would be more fun, especially with a play. Never mind. <clears throat> so then, meanwhile, Louise, so Virginia Madsen, watched the battle and then instantly shags Conor McLeod. Oh, see, well, he walks up to him. What a pickup line this is! Oh. He goes, "My name is Conor McLeod. I was born." In Scotland, eight. I was born. He says I was born in the planet Zeist, and I cannot die. And she's like, "Right, I'm having this." Mm. You can die. You definitely can die. It's like that bit in Team America. Promise me you'll never die. (laughs) (laughs) So that's not. That's a weird pickup line. It is, but it works. And and then the pillow talk is her again telling us the audience what the fuck is going on. It's so painful. I tweeted this. It is like, it's like a child wrote it. It's mm. like, it's like, it's not like a grown up wrote the script for her when he no. when she's going. Okay, let me see if I get this straight. Mm. Right, and then it's like someone has explained to a child the plot of Highlander. Yeah, the child has then tried to explain it to another child who has then had to explain it to an adult, and that's what they've written down and given Virginia Madsen to say. Yes, exactly. And it's just Christopher Flambert going, yes. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's right. Yes. No, I'm not Scottish. No. no. I'm French, but I'm yeah. from another planet. Yeah. But I do like bagels. Yeah. Um, I don't want to say bagels. I make croissants. Um, <clears throat> but meanwhile, we, McLeod goes to see Alan Naiman, who hasn't aged in 25 years. Because yeah. we saw McLeod at the beginning, who looked like he was from Terrorhawks. <laughs> and then you see Alan Naiman, and they've just given him grey hair. Yeah. But he looks exactly the same. So, is he? Uh, <laughs> he's been looking after himself. Clearly, this is another bit of terrible writing. Uh. So um, he's in his office, and and Alan goes, "I can't even make a decent coffee anymore." And then it's that trope of of the, an actor coming in, a character coming in that he hadn't expected to be there, and then saying something snappy or interesting. Yeah, and he goes, <laughs> "You know, you always use too much water." Yeah. Oh, oh, it's like oh, what? 
that's not a thing. That's not a personality type. What have we just learned about anyone from that? Well, we also, who the hell uses too much water in coffee? Alan Naaman. That's on his Tinder bio. <laughs> Likes yeah. coffee with too much water. Dislikes being killed. Can but I, so this is a man we are to believe can build a shield that protects the earth from the dangerous rays of the sun. Yes, but fucks up a mellow birds. He does because he needs the help of an antiques expert to do it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Who makes really good? I tell you what, we need one bloke to do to fix the ozone layer, but he makes shit coffee. Who makes the best coffee? Russell Nash. They haven't even bothered with the Russell Nash of this, by the way. Oh, yeah, I noticed didn't give him his name, which is his secret identity in the first film. Because he wants to be off the grid, doesn't he, in the first one? Yeah. So they haven't even bothered in this one. As you say, they haven't watched the first one at all. Uh, but while they're having a chat about, uh, you know, I, I, he basically says to Alan Naaman, I suspect that the shield's not doing its job anymore. It doesn't need, we don't need it anymore. And then David Blake, so John C. McGinley walks in and basically just starts having a go at McLeod, calling him, basically calling him a nosy git. Yeah. Well, actually, do we cut? Is there a cutaway? So the reason he walks in is because we, we cut to John C. McGinley and he's in his own office, and we find out that Alan's office has been bugged, and oh, John C. Yeah. McGinley, who is the CEO of an international corporation, is personally listening in mm. at all times. Mm. Nothing okay. else to do, is there? Nothing else to do. What are you going to else? You going to do? Look after a shield or something? He's probably in that film Shiver, Sliver, or whatever it's called. Oh yeah, Sliver. Sliver. He's looking at Sharon Stone in the shower and listening to Alan. Alan Naaman talk about coffee. Doesn't know which one to wank to. No, it's a tricky wank, isn't it? <laughs> Bit of a Nescafe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when they shake the... Never mind. Um, so, yeah, so then he leaves. And then we cut to General Katana, who's now arrived on Earth from Zeist. And uh, lands in a subway car. And is then like, ah, ah I'm evil. Yeah. I wonder how fast this thing goes. He picks up a child and goes, oh, look, a little one. Well, the first thing he says when he gets up is, and this pissed me off, he says, this sure doesn't look like Kansas. Oh, yeah. What What? the fuck? So a despotic general from a galaxy far, far away Mm. is still familiar with the Wizard of Oz. Mm. Um, maybe, Maybe they've got like TCM up there. (laughs) <laughs> We've got TCM up yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> All they show is Wizard of Oz, so it makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Well, that checks out. No, as long as we get to the logic of the film, I'm fine. <laughs> but I'm already he, starting to feel like I've been unfair about it. I think you have. I think we should all apologise to Russell McKay. <laughs> Thanks, mate. wasn't my fault. I tried my best. I put a smiley face on the train, mate. My crew was drunk, guys. And I was as well, I've got to be honest. <laughs> yeah. I was putting a couple of um, immortals on the barbie. <laughs> um, yeah, so then he takes over control of the the subway train and spends, sends it to speeds of oh. 500 miles an hour. He takes the jacket off the bloke, though, doesn't oh, he? Oh, yeah, why? He does a Terminator thing. He takes the jacket why? off the bloke. He looks exactly... So the oh. lights go off. He's taken the jacket. and It's almost exactly the same as the jacket he came down in. Yeah. It makes <laughs> zero sense. And then, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't know about trains. I'd have to ask a train expert, but I don't think they can go up to 400, 500 miles an hour. No, you've got to have that, you've got to have that Zeist, uh, you know, 
ability with mechanics. Well, it starts shooting out electricity like it's the train's having a quickening as well. Yeah, it's yeah. A bit weird. <laughs> yeah. Is the train another immortal? Are we saying that Thomas the Tank Engine was originally on Zeist and was sent to um, whatever? Well, I just <laughs> Sodom, wherever he lives. Please, he knows exactly where he is when he lands, and he knows exactly. Mm. He knows where the front is. He knows how to control it. He's mm. from what, what what we've seen of seen of Zeist. It's a desert planet littered mm. with skeletons of crashed ships. Mm. They're not going to have a fucking tube on there, are they? It's like, no. where do you live? I'm living on the burnt out spaceship near on the Bingham Road. <laughs> I'll have to switch at Finsbury Park for it. It's like it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> No, it really doesn't. And he sends it at high speeds. And then all these people start sort of floating like they're in space. Yeah. And then just bouncing off each other and hitting walls. Yeah, and there's, there's some like... quite good dummies in there as well, I noticed. Yeah, yeah, floppy yeah, legs good. bouncing off floppy walls. Floppy leg classics. Yeah, which happens when you get scared. <laughs> so then he kills everybody in the train and drives it through a wall. No, it comes through a wall, but when it comes through a wall, so it cuts through it going at 400 miles an hour, then mm. it cuts through it coming through a wall, and it's going very slowly. Very slow. It's like the end of speed, but if they had to stay under 10 miles an hour. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then <clears throat> he then um, confronts McLeod, who is visiting the grave of his wife, which is a subplot, apparently, that was cut out, that his wife right. died of radiation poisoning, apparently. Right. <sighs> And uh, he then wipes his shoe on the grave. And then McLeod says, you can't attack me here. This is holy ground and it's forbidden. Oh, they have seen the first one. Then they remember yeah. this bit. Yeah. And, and then what, what Katana should say is, who fucking says? I'm from Zeist. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll chop your nuts off. <laughs> I don't care. I'm mad, me. I just killed loads of people in a train. Yeah. By the way, we never see one policeman in this film. No, no. And that was quite a big thing in the first film, wasn't it? You had Alan North... Yeah, tracking yeah. him because all these murders are happening. God, I forgot not... it was Alan North from Naked uh, from yeah. Police Squad. Yeah, but there's not one copper in this. No. Which is there's weird. Not, there's not a lot of anyone in this. No. It's really sparse. Like you say, it just feels like a big fat set they built in Argentina and they didn't have anyone to put in it. Yeah. It's really weird. Um, oh, the, he says to him, so after they have this little encounter in the church, hmm. um, McLeod says to him, after all this time, you're still a jerk. Yeah. Which is something nice my six-year-old says. 500 years, you had to think of that. Yeah. You should have said, and, you're, uh, you're still a big fat-headed spanner. Yeah, you balding bell. Oh, by the way, I, I saw Michael Ironside in, um, in, a, in a film recently. I wasn't sure he was still working. Mm. I thought he was a fascinating-looking man at this period. I watched, he, he's in that new film, um, Nobody. Oh, yeah. And he now, genuinely, when he walks out in that scene, in the his first scene of that, genuinely thought he was Jimmy Greaves. <laughs> I, you, I can't believe Michael Ironside. He looks like Jimmy Greaves now. Not, not that there's anything wrong with Nothing that. Wrong I'm just, with that. I was surprised. No. I was surprised. No. Uh, the last thing I saw of him was X-Men First Class. Oh, was he in that? Yeah, only, only a bit part. At the end, he's like a general when they're having that big uh, Cuban Missile Crisis bit. Right, okay. I don't think I think he only says about three things, but he looked the same then. He obviously hadn't, you know, evolved into the griefs, <laughs> which happens when you get old. Yeah, it's, it's waiting for all of us. And then um, <clears throat> Ramirez goes to oh uh, oh just what this just to highlight this other piece of dialogue, oh, yeah, yeah. which I believe is an ad lib. Oh. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. If you don't take it out and use it, it's going to rust. That's right. That's what. General Katana, again, from mm. 500 
billion miles away says as he's walking. Now, this one I've written, was this actually written by Talbot Rothwell? <laughs> I am after the black fingernail. <laughs> um, yeah, it's really odd. And um, I, I don't know if that's supposed to be like, are you talking about his penis as well as his sword or is it just his sword? I don't know. I assume it's about his cock. Yeah, I thought as much. Because that must have been pretty rusty at the beginning. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, he was there for 500 years. Yeah, On thought... the other hand, I guess he wouldn't get rusty because he's in a desert community. Yeah, that's true. Very moist. Yeah. yeah. Well, very dry. He's fine. Yeah, that's true. It's yeah. True. Probably looked like an old water pump you find in a field. Mm. Mm. Dignity. Um, <laughs> so Ramirez then goes into a clothes shop, a tailor's, I should say, yeah. and says, uh, I would like some new clothes, and then hands him a pearl earring. Yeah. And the bloke's like, That'll do nicely, sir. But he, as opposed to what he should say, which is, I have no idea if this is worth a yeah. fucking penny. I'm a haberdasher. That they should open the till and there should be money and then there's a little pocket where this bloke's just found things. Yeah, yeah. These are my shiny things. Yeah. They are priceless. <laughs> uh, yeah, so for this pearl earring, he gets uh, many, many suits put on him and there's a little joke where someone keeps trying to give him a tartan waistcoat. Yeah. And the man keeps snatching it away. And then we get this shot. I mean, you keep cutting back to Connery sitting in a chair smoking a fat cigar. Having a whiskey. Having a whiskey as well, yeah. And then we finally get the big reveal of him dressed more ridiculously than when he came in, I should add. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, rather than looking like he's from Blackadder 2, he now looks like he's from Blackadder 3. <laughs> <laughs> he's got these boots, he's got fat trousers, a waistcoat, and a sort of cravat tie thing. Yeah, I mean, he it makes it work because I mean mm. he's one of those guys who put Connery. anything on him. Mm. But but yeah, you're right. It doesn't look any more sane. No. And then the bloke goes, "Shall I get you a limo, sir?" And I'm like, "What? All for one earring?" Yeah. Fuck. And he, and he assumes and he goes, "Oh, to where? The airport? You said you had a long journey, and flying is the most thing." Flying. Like I think he's already made plans. He hasn't walked into a place going, "I'd like a shoot and my travel arrangements." Hmm. And the bloke says, "Yeah." Airport. Then he goes, airport? And he goes, well, you'll have to fly. And he goes, fly? And it reminded Fuck me of that me. bit in um, Dracula Dead and Loving It, which is where he says, I'm looking for Dracula's castle. I'm I'm on schedule to beat him. And the villagers all go, castle? Dracula? The last one goes, schedule? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, he gets on the plane, and then we just get this another weird... But he's acting like a f- he's never heard of flying. He's yes. flying. Yeah. And he starts freaking out because he doesn't know about planes. But again, hmm. he is from a planet that we have seen has spaceships, spaceships and the yeah. technology to make people travel across oh. galaxies with the snap of their finger. But he's going, I don't like this look of this Cessna 5. <laughs> oh, the, the exterior model shot of the plane is ropey as fuck, isn't it? I remember that. That's one of the shots I remember from when I was a kid watching oh. it. It is just horrible. It's so awful. It's a propeller plane for a start, which I don't understand. Because it's it's that I quite like that part because it's that whole vintage retro future thing, mm. but it mm. does look a little bit airfixy. It does, and with the the um and the vomity background, which is the shield. Yeah, it looks like it's from Flash Gordon. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, but he's on the plane, and then we get this weird jump in tone where we watch the plane safety video, which is just video of a plane crashing and burning. Yeah, the yeah, mountain. yeah. There was a slightly Verhoeven joke that yeah. would fit in a Verhoeven film, but not in this film. I mean, I know the first film had little tone jumps, like when he, the Kurgan takes over those old people's car. Yeah. And, like, licking their faces and stuff. But this is just weird. And then he just starts chatting up the girl next to him. 
Oh, yeah. He's, he's, oh. Well, what does he actually say? He just whispers something absolutely filthy in her ear. Yeah. The thing about women with dark hair is that they... And then she laughs, but he's clearly like... They, they, well, they love it up. Um, well, the, the subtitle said, like scat. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then we cut from there to Katana walks in on the S.H.I.E.L.D. Corporation meeting. For no reason. For no reason. And then oh, says... He, he, he trashes a taxi before he even does that. Oh, yeah, he yeah. He takes a taxi there, what the smashes fuck? it up, just mm. out of prickishness. I mean, that that was left in the film. I don't understand why. We've already established with the subway scene that he's a maniac who likes killing people. So to have him kicking out the headlights of a taxi just seems a bit redundant. Also, he's a, he is a general. He's not some little mm. lunatic. He's How the hell did this bloke take over a planet? He's a bellend. I have no idea. Well... I would remind you who our prime minister is at the moment. I know, but he doesn't. Even he doesn't kick in taxis. Well, he might do. He would give him the opportunity. Yeah, especially if there's a sandwich in there. Yeah, yeah. Probably, probably drive it to Durham Castle. Am I right? <laughs> 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 there's me on if I got news for you next week. Um, <laughs> so yeah, he he smashes the taxi, goes to the Shield Corporation meeting for no reason, asks to be a partner. They shoot him many times. He then murders the one who shot him and then says, I want to be a partner. And I'm thinking, but you're from another planet. How do you know about partnering and business? And I know, it, it really annoys me, all this stuff. Mm. He is, oh, yeah he, said, yeah, he sits down and says, in fact, not only that, he goes, this is no way to treat your number one draft choice. Mm. So he knows about, about American football the specifics well. of, of Earth sports recruitment processes. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> What's he been doing the last 500 years? Just watching fucking ESPN and stuff. He's watched Wall Street. He's watched Wizard of Oz and um, Necessary Roughness. Yeah. Yeah. Jerry Maguire. Mm. Yeah. Oh, you can't watch that. Oh, you can have done because it's in the future. Yeah. By the way, this is set now. This yeah. is set in 2024. We should say yeah. it's. Yeah. This should. is what they thought. This is what they thought now was going to be like. They're not miles off. No, they're not. But I mean, we might have propeller planes back. Everyone yeah. loves hipster retro stuff. Well, they're bringing back, um, what do you call them? The Hindenburg. Not that specific one. You no, know, that would be a terrible mistake. <laughs> it would be a terrible idea. <laughs> yeah. uh, bit of spit and polish. It'll be fine. I don't think it will, mate. Um, they're bringing those back. Yeah, Still right, hydrogen. Yeah. No, no, no. We blow it up with our mouth. Yeah, yeah. Just It takes six years. Yeah, get a foot pump. Everyone everyone together. <laughs> we get this done. <laughs> oh, God. Um, it's going to have a VHS player in it. <laughs> Lovely. Laser disc if you've got first class. Yeah. Oh man, imagine that. If someone will have to volunteer to stand up and turn it over halfway through though, that'd be annoying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um so yeah, so then he says and then he says, um, I want the Highlander. And to which point the Shield Corporation to say, Who? Because they don't know who the Highlander is. How does he know who the Highlander is? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> He'd call him a cloud for some reason from the planet Zeist. Yeah. Unless he just lived in a... He should have said, I I knew him because he lived in a high bit of land in Zeist, so I called him <laughs> the Highlander. And then we, we sent him down. We thought he'd like it there because it's also uh, quite far above the sea level. And mm. we know he likes that. Yeah. It's good for his lungs. Yeah. Or bad for his lungs. He sounds a bit French. That's the weird thing. Mm, Must be a weird. lung issue. He, he's into French things now. Um, so then, um, Dave. So then, David, the the Shield Corporation CEO, goes to see Alan to call him a traitor. And you know what we do with traitors, he says. Does he tell him, or do we just cut away? 
Yeah, I think we cut away. I think the implication is he's going to be tortured. Yeah. Yeah. So then McLeod comes home with Louise and they hear a noise and he's like, yeah. get in the other room. Something's happening. <laughs> and he gets his sword out and then has a sword fight with a mysterious shape in the dark. And then lovely shot of the light, Connery leaning into the light and saying, good to see you, Highlander. Ah, uh, oh, yeah, it's very nice. Yeah, and you, you see him. Somebody hands him a check, um, just mm. out the corner of the shop. But yeah, 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 yeah. It's nice. It's, and then it's nice to have him back together. And then he finds out about the shield. And then he points and says, "You created that monstrosity." Why? Yeah. Um, oh, because the planet was dying. Oh well, fair enough. Then. <laughs> also, this, his, why did they ask you? Arrived here. There's no... Yeah, why did they ask you? Last time I was talking to you, you were selling fucking Toby mugs. What the fuck? <laughs> Those horse brushes must have bought a lot of money. <laughs> fucking, how much... How did you come by that in that fucking sky shield? Fucking... Well, I went on the Antiques Roadshow. You wouldn't believe how much I got for something. <laughs> yeah. A pair of salt and pepper shakers that's shaped like boobs. Highlander 2 should have just been him at... Fucking... <laughs> the, the Antiques Roadshow. How much for this? The ozone's fucked. And then the, the the end of the film could have been someone turning to the camera and going, there can be only one winner of the Antiques Roadshow this week. <laughs> Goodbye. Beautiful. Um, so, so this is where Connery should have turned up logically anyway, yeah. in the story. Because yeah. what we've had is, and I get why, but he's, they only had him for six days, right? Three million quid. And so far, all he's done is be in three shit sketches. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm, I'm surprised it was as much as six days. I'd, I'd, have, I'd have not been surprised if you said they had him for an afternoon. Well, he's in. He's probably in it for f- about, about 15 minutes total. And there's a lot of mm. different sets of things. So he's on the, he's on the Zeist set, mm. the spaceship set. Then he's presumably location, because he's got to walk down the street. Then mm. he's in the plane one. Just getting him from set to set is going to take a couple of days. True. So, but, yeah, three million quid, though. Oh, that's dreadful, because then they say, well, we're going to storm the S.H.I.E.L.D. Corporation, and then they turn up at the door <coughs> in a old Cadillac, and then they say, the soldier says, where are you? And then McLeod says, hey, take it easy, man. First time in the desert. Which way to Vegas? Yeah. What? It's this point I've written down one note. Um... I'm starting to lose my patience. Yeah. And then Connor goes, hit it, my cloud. And they drive in and then get machine gunned to death for about 10 seconds. Oh, more than that. I mean, yeah. it really is. It's quite, it, it really is. And mm. it's it looks bad. Uh, if, yeah. It's weird because this was during the... We, we, uh, we've talked about it quite a lot, but James Furman had a weird thing where you could have intense violence, oh. but as long as... They were robots, as in Terminator 2, or mm. this, when they're immortal. He mm. didn't really give a fuck. Mm. Anyone got their knob out, he'd go berserk. But this was fine, right? Um, so, uh, but they really, I mean, it, it feels like it goes on for about 30 seconds of these millions of squibs going off on Connery and, and um, uh, Lambert. Yeah, and it does go on. And then they open the trunk and Virginia Madsen's in there. And uh, potentially got kidnapped. That's right. And then they take her to the morgue where the bodies are. And the doctor checks her over and says, no, you're fine. You're fine. Uh, these two, though, phew, full of holes. And then they instantly set up. <laughs> they instantly set up. And then Connery says, he says, I think the doctor says that they were shot many times. Then Connery sits up and says, well, Lambert says, I was shot 105 times. And then Connery's like, oh, I was shot 120. What? 
what's the relevance and the doctor sees them and it does the, the oh they get competitive they're like yeah. you said and Lambert's like you're not going to count that little scratch he goes it went straight through my liver yeah and the doctor sees them and does the uh, and faints yeah yeah and then we don't <clears> see that trope anymore of people fainting no you films. don't the other one I miss is every morgue attendant in the old days used to be eating a big fat wet sandwich yes mm. <laughs> yeah. just put the body over there oh, oh, oh. That's right. Put it on top of the body as well. Oh, oh, oh. oh the fuck. And it was always like had stuff coming out of it, like a big stuff egg. Stuff coming out of it. Sometimes you see him hold up a little bottle and it's an embalming fluid and he just yeah. chucks it out on top of his chicken sandwich. Yeah. Yeah, I miss that. Normalise that, as they say on Twitter. I'm Yasmin Akram. Join myself and my friend Philippa Dunn each week for our podcast, We Heart Worry, a show about cars and their engines. Obviously not. It's a show where we talk about our fears, our worries and our anxieties in a bid to help you with yours. And we just have a laugh as well. So join us. There's nothing to be scared of. I promise. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Uh, so, yeah, he faints. And then um, uh, Neiman, Dr. Neyman is, is found because he's been tortured. Oh, no, first of all, yeah, they find him, and then McLeod Ramirez and Louise break in, and then we get the bit where um, John C. McGinley goes, well, they're not getting out, and he shuts the door and starts lowering this giant fan. Yeah, like, yeah. like It's like one of those magi mixers, like he's done this before. <laughs> yeah. 
And then Ramirez goes... Um, People you... laughed at me when I they charged me an extra four million to have a lowering fan in a vent. But who's laughing now? Yeah. And then Ramirez goes, you two run. I'll I'll fix this with some magic. He goes, if, one can, if you can summon all your life energy in one place, you can accomplish something glorious. Well, you're holding up a fan. It's yeah. not like... I mean, it's like the bit in Willy Wonka where they drink the fizzy lifting drink. Yeah. Yeah, he's drunk some fizzy lifting drink. And he's going to burp his way out. <laughs> don't. And if that doesn't work, I've got an option B, but I don't think you're going to like it. Because I had Cuddy um, on the plane. Yeah. Um, the trouble is, this scene works almost. Mm. Because they add amazing grace over it on the bagpipes. With bagpipes, fuck me. And it feels, unfortunately, that my hairs on my arms stood on end because it's perfect. Uh, but it made me think that Connery's role here is totally thankless and redundant because they could have just held up a corpse and then escaped to get chopped well, up. Well, also, the other thing is, so he's holding his hand up and the fan has stopped moving down. Then mm. somehow, the, 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 the electric door, he's also opened that with his mind. Mm-hmm. And Tim, and they and McLeod and Virginia Madsen run through it. But it's actually plenty of time for Connery to, to just kneel down and run towards the door himself. He hasn't got to get flat. Absolutely, yeah. He could just get on his hands and knees and crawl out. But, but yeah, he just stands there and waits for death. And by this point in the film, I'm starting to know how he fucking feels. Also, shouldn't McLeod get his quickening? No, because... Uh, no, because he didn't kill him. Oh, uh, okay. But he does get his head... And also, oh, wait a minute. Also, Connery... I mean, again, we're making up logic mm. for a film yeah, where the screenwriters didn't. He's not... Ramirez is already dead, so it's not like he's come from... He's not... I don't know what he is, but he's hes like a Jedi ghost. It's really odd. And he is a Jedi ghost because he talks again to him later. Yeah. So oh, fucking Core hell. high. <laughs> Sorry, wrong film. I got my Stay time away from my up. girlfriend. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and then um, he says, will I ever see you again? And he goes, who knows, Highlander? Who knows? I do. <laughs> and then somebody hands another check and he goes, yes. Yes, I'll be back for part three with Mario Van Peebles. <laughs> it's just fun to say, isn't it? Say it with me, Van Peebles. Anyway, I'm off now. <laughs> I wonder why he didn't come back for part three. Oh, yes, because it wasn't that great. Not like this, Booty. No, not, because I, I, think, I think there was some element of contractual obligation for the, to this one, for the mm, pair of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so. where, which didn't exist for the third one. Well, I think Lambert's contractual obligation for the third one was that he was on the slide and wasn't making very good films. Oh, yeah, anymore. he wasn't doing fuck all, was he? No. Apart from, was it Fortress? He did Fortress, which I like. He did Mortal yeah. Kombat, but even at that point, he was mm. somehow had got into cameo territory. Yeah. Was Fortress the one with the exploding neck braces? No, uh, no that, that no one escape? was... We- that was Wedlock with Rutger Hauer. Oh, was it? Hmm. Okay. And Running Man. Yeah, but was there one with Ray Liotta as well where they were trapped in a prison? They're trapped on a prison island in North That I think that's... That, weirdly, I love that movie. We yeah, should do that sometime. We should. But, um, it was... Uh, yeah, that was No Escape on an Island. That was the subtitle. Yeah. No Escape on an Island. From the island with Ray Liotta. Love Island. Love Island. With Ray Liotta. Have you seen Ray Liotta lately? Oh, no way. Oh, he's had loads of plastic surgery. Oh, hang on, give me a sec. I want to see this. He's not quite gone full Mickey Rourke, but he's getting there. Oh, dear. He looks like 
Conor McLeod at the start of Highlands. He really does. All oh my, my life, God, I wanted to bad. be an immortal. What do you think, Mum? He turns up wearing the ceremonial dress of the McLeod clan. You look like a Highlander. Yeah, he doesn't look great. Oh does he? no, he's 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 another one who's got a very young girlfriend as well. Oh. I can see her. Um, but he's really Otter. Uh. He's how rich is he really? And he looks bad. He does. He looks he looks like he's just been fished out of a river. <laughs> <laughs> you get that kind of water swelling. Anyway, so uh, Ramirez is dead, <laughs> uh, and then. Um, uh, so then uh, Blake is then giving shit to Katana saying, you fucked up. And Katana grabs him by the nuts and he goes, oh, like Jim Carrey. And then he throws him out of the window and he falls and gets splat on the floor. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then I won't go into it because there's this long, drawn out final battle that goes on forever. Where Katana and uh, McLeod have a they fall well, first McLeod falls down a lift shaft and we find out shaft even and we find out that uh, a Highlander immortal if they break all their bones and stuff they can just click them all back in. Oh yeah, mm. that, that's a new rule, isn't it? Yeah, that's not happened before. But I suppose it makes sense. I, I suppose we've seen yeah. him being stabbed and shot and he's just stood up. So yeah, broken yeah, okay, bones should make sense. Uh, and then they have the final duel. And uh, he cuts Katana's head off. Yeah, that that looks. This scene looks pretty good because it's in yeah. the, uh, the the laser room. So That's it's a right. bit Star Warsy. It is a bit because he also gets put into the the lightsaber, the giant lightsaber in the middle for a minute. Yeah. yeah, he steps into it. Yeah, I don't know why. Because I mean, it's like, can you find a switch? No, I don't bother. Well, mm. yeah, I was walk into it. Well, well, let, tell you what, mate, let's find a switch. Yeah, there must be a plug. Anything. Yeah. Like, no, I'm just going to walk into it. You're being a prick about this. Yeah, you're just trying to be the big I am. Well, I am the only one. Yeah, you keep saying that. Also, he is he not. Thing is, if he's killed Katana, according yeah. to the rules of it, yeah. he's not immortal anymore. No. It's, this, he should walk in there. His cock blown off. <laughs> I'd love that if that happened. Like a big plume of smoke comes out of his zip flies on his trousers. Oh, yeah, no, should, my shouldn't God. have done that. <laughs> So anyway, the shield goes down, and again, it's very similar to Total Recall because then we find out that these people have air cohesion. Um, the, the everyone can see the night sky again, and then as Louise Marcus and McLeod are looking, also oh, the building explodes. Oh, the building explodes as well. I mean, properly explodes mm. into smithereens. Yeah, and then cut to them being basically fine in there. Yeah, not very well either. When the roof blows up, it looks like it's made of cardboard. Oh, yeah, it's very cheap model. Mm. It's right, Jerry Anderson. But they're looking at the sky, and then we get this. Remember, Highlander, you've both still got your full measure of life. Use it well, and your future will be glorious. And but, then, weirdly, he goes, and this represents the end of my contractual obligation <laughs> to this franchise. And at nine o'clock tonight, there's fun when Tristram goes to a farm in all creatures great and small. <laughs> Followed by the late film, Highlander. Oh. Yeah. Um, well, that's and, it. That's the end of the film. That's the end of the film. It's so it's so sad, because I'm not saying for a minute the first one's like this huge classic. 
but it's fun and it's a good idea. I haven't seen it in a long time. If I remember it as being very entertaining and very competently made. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's a very solid genre film. This is not. No. It's a total cash grab and they haven't thought about they haven't thought at all about how they're going to you know make a sequel out of a film that doesn't need a sequel. There needs to be some sort of tie in. What they've decided to do is just gaslight the first yeah. film entirely. And it's just painful. I um I have you read anything about the Renegade version? I kind of want to watch it now. I you know I've never seen it. Um, and I know people listening are probably going to go, oh, well, you should, uh, but I'm not interested because this is, I don't know what it's going to have to say that's, that's so you know, revolutionary. All the Zeist stuff is out of it. So I'm curious ah. how they rationalise anything without the Zeist stuff being in there. Oh, well, that is interesting. I didn't know that. That is interesting. Yeah. Um, because, I don't know. I, and I, yet I, it's longer. Well, yeah, I don't know how, because I'm, I'm assuming the Ozone stuff's still in there. Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe I'll watch it one day and, and report back, but I'm not interested because I think the first one is... It's, it's it's just one story, the only story that needs to be told, and it's interesting, and then it ends. And I don't know what else you can say about that. But I have seen Highlander yeah. 3, to my shame. Okay, and? It's not very good. But is it competent? Because this is a mess. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a competent film compared to this, but it's still not very good. Right. And I saw it on video when I was a kid. Um, but I just remember there's a bit where Marianne Van Peebles gets cut in half, but his legs carry on running. But then he well, see, jo- that's a selling point. Yeah, and he joins himself back up. He almost that sounds he, quite cool. Yeah, um, but I seem to remember in that one he's like a another immortal who was buried in a cave and for hundreds of years and escaped. I don't know, but I haven't seen the others. Was there a four and then a five? Wasn't there? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, or it might have just been a part four. I don't remember. But then there I was the TV the series. series. Yeah, yeah. I, that bored the piss out of me. Yeah, it was terrible. But at least it was uh, had continuity with the first film because he was Russell, Russell Nash in that, if I remember yeah. rightly. <sighs> anyway, but there's Highlander Two: The Quickening. <laughs> a lovely welcome back from us to you. To yeah. Oh, the... yeah. I just want to mention one other thing uh-huh. from this film. I forgot that annoyed me. Hmm. There's the scene where Connery turns up, right? And he's uh, they come up with a plan of what they're going to do, and he's like, "Okay, we're going to break into the thing." And Connery goes, "Your time is now!" And he puts his fist down right in the uh, uh, McLeod's globe and smashes it everywhere. Oh, yeah. And that's the end of the scene. Yeah. But in real life, you'd be like, "What have you done that for? Your fucking bell end." Yeah. That was an antique. Who's going to tidy that up? I don't care, I'm dead. You're a knob. <laughs> it's just lots of minutes like that that nobody thinks beyond what's in the frame. Right? We're going to have to clean that up before we go save the block from prison now. You've been dead by the time we mop this up. You're a knob. I want that in this film. I'm, I'm dead. You're a knob. Well, they do go, what's your game, shithead? Yeah. You're a fucking knob. Knob? What's your knob? Knob. <laughs> <sighs> It's like no one insults anyone on Zeist. You're a crow clutch. <laughs> Watch a crow clutch. You know what a crow clutch is. It's a knob. <laughs> uh, do you want the questions again? When I ask you the questions. Oh, all right then. All right. Who do you want to be the next Bond? I like um, Dan Stevens. Okay. Okay. Yeah. He's too old. 
He's not, is he? I don't know. I think he's the perfect age. Hang on. Dan Stevens is da, 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 38. It's perfect. Is he? Okay, all right, fine. All right. Um, who? What would you call a Bond lady? Um, Fanny Bukaki. <laughs> See? See? Yeah. I knew there was a, an untapped thread of gold here yeah, by asking you. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, what's the other question? What's the other question? Uh, what's your Bond made up film title? Yeah, what's your made up Bond film title? Um, uh, I'll have to think for a second about this one. Well, you didn't have to say because you're the one doing the edit. You that's can true. make it seem like you can, you can think for an hour on this. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, I'm going to go with James Bond 4, Citizens on Patrol. <laughs> With the original cast of yeah. Police Academy 4, Four filling yeah. all the roles. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Him, again, him and Bobcat would be amazing. <laughs> Bobcat is there. <laughs> and I'd have Tackleberry as Q because he likes weapons. I'm very much... my. I think I've said this before. I really like the idea of having someone that is completely inappropriate for Bond, just for one. Because mm. if you, if they said, yeah, we've uh, so the new Bond film is coming out this November. Obviously, uh, Daniel Craig's left, so we've spent two hundred and fifty million dollars. We're shot around the world, uh, so we're very excited. Now it's Bobcat Goldthwait is the new Bond, <laughs> right? Everyone's going to be like, that'll be shit. Mm. Will you see it? Yes, I will yeah. see it. Yeah. It'll make one point five billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like, I'd kind of argue that in Die Another Day, Michael Madsen's in it, and that felt like a... Ugh. Why? I didn't like that. You didn't like Michael Madsen? Because he wasn't even Felix Leiter. No, he was he was a guy called... What was it? I can't remember what he was called now. But he was like the CIA guy, but he was really grumpy and annoying. I didn't like Yeah, him. but he was barely in it. I remember yeah. him just being on the screen, really, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, that's annoyed. You definitely probably shouldn't have Bobcat Goldthwait playing James I Bond. I think I want Bobcat Goldthwait as Bond, especially... I mean, maybe in his peak, but not now. <laughs> I don't think... So the takeaway, Smush fans, is John doesn't think the Bob... He's not sure. He wasn't sure when he said it. He goes, hmm. I don't think I want Bobcat Goldthwait to yeah. be the next Bond. <laughs> I mean, it'll sit with me. When Daniel Craig was announced, I wasn't sure at first, but no. he proved me wrong. Yeah, I want a scene where Bobcat Goldthwait emerges from the sea in those tiny blue shorts. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that last hand that killed me. <laughs> Alright, so that's You died scratching my balls Alright, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so there's two options eh? either uh, Dan Dan Butler or Dan, Dan Stevens. Dan Steve Dan Butler is Dan Butler is the uh, the sports guy from um Fraser. We won't have him. No not have him no no, uh, okay, so that's Bond Lady. Oh. Title, what else is there? Um, best Bond film, worst Bond film. Well, I, I, I'm going to see if I can get because I know your favourite is Licence to Kill, isn't it? Yeah. I actually I, I don't know what your worst one is. It, uh, it, oh! I think is you do. It? I think you do. Do I? Yeah. Have we talked about it? I'm sure I might have mentioned it. I'm not very quiet about it. Well, it's, it's not Die Another Day, though, is it? No, it's not. Will is not will is not enough. No, really, it's, it's a Craig one. Oh, that's right. You you don't like uh, you don't like Spectre. No, it's my least favourite. That's very. I've only seen that once, and it was that's the only Bond film I've no that and Thunderball. The only two halfway through, I've gone. Oh, I'm bored. Is the emotion I'm having. Mm. But Thunderball's got moments. I think Spectre's got. You've said that. I might go back and watch Thunderball because I genuinely hated it when I watched it. I really like Thunderball. I think it the end where they have the underwater stuff is boring. 
But that was because it's like the beginning of the first... In Star Trek, the motion picture, there's like a 15-minute shot of the Enterprise because they have this shiny new model. And in yeah. Thunderball, it was like, <laughs> we can do underwater photography. Let's do it a lot. But they forgot that it's yeah. very disorientating and you don't know what's going on. Um, but I like the film. I think it's one of Connery's best performances. I'm going to give it another go on of a mm. see how I feel. Uh, oh. and that, that's all the questions, isn't it? It is, yeah. Well, John, oh. thanks for coming on Smirsh Pod. Um, no, no problem. Thanks for having me. <laughs> uh, anything you want to plug? Uh, you can pre-order my book, uh, Exploder Book. You can pre-order that now. It's on Amazon if you want to use them. I'm sure it'll turn up elsewhere as well. It's out on October the 7th, so it would be good if you bought it. Yeah. That's a, that's a good one. Good Christmas present for the dads, that one. Oh, it is. Anything you want to plug, Dan? We're here. Uh, no, no. Everything I've been working on is finished now. Mm. I, got, I should probably write a book. I think you should. I've been telling uh, you that I'll for do, a while. I know I could do that now. I know. You want to do that joyous sex too, so just do it. <laughs> it's called Joyous Sex 2, Just the Bum. Yeah. <laughs> but it's still got a beard. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, Dan Thomas, thank you so much for joining me on yet another uh, ridiculous Connery adventure. It's been a pleasure as always, and happy birthday. Thank you very much. Goodbye. It's a kind of magic. It's a kind of magic. A kind of It's a kind of magic It's a kind of magic It's a kind of magic
Hello, I'm Tom, and I make a podcast where I log in to celebrities' Amazon accounts. It's called... What a brilliant idea for a pod. There's no original pods out there anymore, but this genuinely is. Oh, thanks, Ben Bailey-Smith. Anyway, it's called... This is good, isn't it? It's clever, this podcast. You should do more. Thanks, Kerry Godleyman. It's called... This is such a great idea, by the way. What a great podcast. Shappy Corsander, you're too kind. The podcast is but called... it's biographical. You can get all sorts of information out of people. This is a very good idea. Thank you, Nick Helm. It's called My Mate Bought a Toaster. I'm going to listen to this podcast. Thanks, Alex Horn. Can you tell your friends? When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.